Coming up on today's episode of Classes of Veteran, Navy veteran Mike Meyer. Yes, I said the name Mike Meyer. Uh, he already has explained to me that he loves being called Michael Meyer. It's one of the things he thoroughly enjoys. Um, we're going to interview Navy veteran Mike Meyer. Uh, talk about what he does, the whole nine here at Classes of Veterans, what he's giving back to, how it goes and actually um, get a new perspective. And, and this is hilarious to think that I am now the old man, uh, but apparently I am. So it's always, I always enjoy talking to a younger, not younger, but different generations. We're the same generation, but different perspectives on today's military. Coming up back at you, classes of veterans, Mike Meyer. Thank you for tuning in on Anchor. Welcome to Classes of Veterans, and I encourage every veteran listening to this first responder patriot to download the Anchor app and join me here on Classes of Veterans to talk about all the issues that we're going to discuss, crack some jokes, have a good time, and be a part of a movement which is changing the face of today's veteran to show the real community how we really are. Download the Anchor app. Give it a whirl. Holla at your boy, Vinimo2900 on Twitter. Check it out once again. Download the Anchor app, Vinimo2900 on Twitter. Be my guest right here. I'm going to crack some jokes. I'm going to talk some shit to you. You can talk some shit to me. Grow some thick skin. We'll do this together. Classes of veterans right here on Anchor. Welcome back, classes of veterans. Um, I'm, I'm here in our little, uh, I don't know, what do you call this? So this, this is, our, is, this, is a, this is a studio, but it really and truly looks like, for those who have been down range or said, this looks kind of like a combat outpost. Um, it's, it's, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, military um, feng shui. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's like something came in here and just threw up in it. America, this is this is freedom right here. You are inside of freedom right now as we speak. I love that you put it that way. Exactly, because okay. that's how we roll. All right, well, we're, we've got our guest here. Shh, stop talking. We have our new guest here, Navy veteran, Mike Meyer. Um, I asked if, if I could call him Eminem, and his response was perfect. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm chocolate and I'm sweet. <laughs> And I loved it. So <laughs> we got Eminem. I was gonna Mike. Call, I'm gonna call you sexual chocolate then. Uh, <laughs> sexual chocolate. Uh, chocolate of those sweet. You should never yeah, said that. Sexual chocolate. You like it. <laughs> Welcome, Mike. Um, okay, I have to ask you because I don't I don't know the answer to this. How old are you? How old would you say? Because black don't crack. Um, I would say <laughs> you're like 17. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> okay, I was close. <laughs> okay, no, I never would have guessed that. Um, black don't cry. <laughs> I love it. So you, um, we just, we, you and I just met a couple weeks ago. Still don't know a whole lot about you. So this whole podcast is going to be all new info to me. Okay. I'm excited about it. I, because most of the time I have a little bit of background. Well, that that's the beauty of what we get to do is sit here and, and it goes to that working with veterans and learning veterans right we we are we do have similarities 
but there are a lot of there's such a gamut of such a, a rainbow of of colors and creeds you like that word rainbow I've seen your eye uh, <laughs> and what we do <laughs> um and that's even per each service so you know kind of what come on our man I just want to talk to you about what the who what where when and why so if you don't mind uh kind of give our listeners an introduction brother well, Mike. Why don't you uh, say with your chest? <clears throat> there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. I, honestly, when I first started off, it was a fight between the Army and the Navy. Because if I was going to go to the Army, I want to do something tough. You know, be like an Army Ranger. Uh, you know, found out later on, it's a little bit more, a little bit more than that than just signing up for that kind of shit. You know, uh, I actually did four years of ROTC and. Um, High school, right? So where did you go to high school? Shawnee Mission West. Okay. So that was a that was a Navy program, right? And somebody that I still talk to today, and I consider him like my life coach. Um, he uh, he told me something, and it stuck with me ever since. He's like, you know, you go in the Navy, and everybody, you know, they're, they're pretty relaxed, you know, chill for the most part. You go in the Army, and everybody's acting like they got a bug in their butt. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. Every person I met in the army has been a little, a little winded up, you know. So yeah, that's fair. I got that. I don't disagree with you. A bug up their butt. <laughs> so they say. Something. So, some, something. Something's something. up there. Coming from the navy guy. No <laughs> <laughs> more cheesy with the tighter kids. As you were, as you were, as you were. <laughs> Get down the end of the tube. You got to squeeze it all out. <laughs> so uh, you know that was one thing, and then my uncle came up. Uh, he said, Mike, you know, the Navy, where, where are all their bases at? Like along the coast. And he's like, yeah, man, what about the Army? Like, well, they're in place like, oh, fuck nowhere. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, you know, you know what's on the coast? Like the beach. He's like, yeah, you know what else is on the beach? <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. Sand. Yeah, yeah, sand. <laughs> it's sand, and you don't take sand to the beach. No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that was part of it. I was like, you know what, the Navy it is, you know. Gotcha. Um, so I went that route, and uh, actually really enjoyed it. Um, boot camp was what two months, two months for us. Uh, I guess now they have it to where like the kids there they have tablets now, you know. So the the instructors, the drill instructors, they'll they'll turn on or off the internet. And that would determine whether recruits can speak to people at home or whatnot. When I was in, it's like, really? where to go to the damn phone booth. So just just because, uh, you know, and as I said kind of in the intro, the, the, it's not a, I went to basic in 2003. So there's a, you know, generational technological gap there. What year did you attend basic training? Uh, I went in right at the high school, man, 2013. So I, I went up to MEPS. Uh, August 1st of 2012 and my ship date was August 1st of 2013 so I finished out my senior high school and had one last summer okay okay so then and then you said Shawnee Mission West so you were Johnson County born and raised Kansas City born, born in Topeka so I was born in, okay. born in the hood okay well as my cousin says the trench that's the new thing they say <laughs> um, so Topeka you know uh I'm actually mixed, so my mother's white, my dad's black. Um, I know my daddy. So, uh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy, 
Boy, this is gonna be a good podcast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I was living with my mom for the most part. So I actually grew up uh, on the better side of Topeka. Johnson County compared to Topeka, you know, Topeka would be more of a compared to Johnson County. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we moved up here in seventh grade, so 2007. <laughs> Around that time frame was so when I moved up here. And, um, yeah, after that I went to uh, the Navy. Uh, boot camp was in Chicago. It was cool. Um, I actually ended up uh, for the Army be like AIT, but for the Navy it's uh, A school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up staying in Chicago again, man. Uh, from uh, end of September, right at the boot camp, we literally went across the street, probably down the down the block. So you got you got RTC Recruit Training Command, and then literally about a mile away you got. Uh, Great Lakes um, School, what the fuck ever. And so um, I was there from uh, end of September to I say about March next year, so March of uh, 2014. And it was cool because we got to pick orders. Um, us picking orders, we was able to be uh, picked by uh, GPA, right? So. I was not on the top of the list. It was probably about a, <laughs> a third, a third from the top. Um, I told myself, you know, I'm gonna choose somewhere that I've never been before. I won't be nowhere close to home. Like this is the Navy. Let's get out. Get out and see things. That's what you well, just joined to do. Gotcha. Exactly. Well, um, still a little, you know, at that time, still like kind of a little bit of a homeboy kind of thing. So, you know, kind of wanted to stay too close. Didn't want to go like Bahrain or some shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's go west. And up there, they had Hawaii. So I took my ass all the way up to Hawaii. No shit. Did you? Okay. But let me back up a little bit. So I had actually had the, uh, there's a moment where I had a little bit of a scare in boot camp, right? So when you go, they got they keep you up for like 48 hours straight, right? You get there, you go through the night, and you're training through the day. Just, just FYI, as you're telling the stories, I, I just want to tell you, that sounds really hard. So, so what I'm getting to is, is, is the, the moment of truth. You okay, know, okay. That moment right there, they were bringing all these uh, E7s and uh, Chiefs, Singer Chiefs, Master Chiefs. And, you know, you've got a room full of people that are sitting there waiting. We're like, what the fuck's about to happen? We're all tired. They're keeping us awake. So they bust in. They're like, all right, uh, we already know what you did. <coughs> and, you know, you need to confess to whatever you didn't do. Well, I, uh, I actually had childhood asthma. And so I told my crew that, I'm like, man, don't worry about it. Don't even say anything. Go to meds. I'm like, okay. So, you know, I'm thinking, like, having asthma is like a huge disqualifier. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, sorry to go back a little further. When I joined the Navy, I wanted it to be a lifelong career. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, did the opposite. People are going for four years, stay in for life. People that say, I'm going in for life, end up. Get out in four years. years. Correct, correct. So, um, Back to the moment of truth, you know, he's all up in there. Like, we already know what you did. And so the last person that came out, like, I held that, I, you know, stood everybody. I was like, I just that. This big old black E, E9 special comes in, right? He's like walking back and forth, and it's like scared straight moment and shit. And so he's like, uh, I already know what you did. You might as well just step forward. And he just looks dead at me. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like, now he's looking in my direction. I'm feeling like he's staring right into my soul. I was like, all right, you know, I gotta get up and go. So I went up, told him I had childhood asthma, and then they sent me to the doc, and I was like, what's the last thing you had? I was like, man, I had it since like 
last asthma tech was like fifth or fourth grade. And he's like, and you ran track in high school? I said, yes. Good, not a big deal. Yeah, 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 not a big deal. Sent me on my way. So going back to um, right after A school, got sent to uh, was going to Hawaii. But before I did that, in transit to Hawaii, uh, I had to go to what we call C school or um, whatever level after Army for AIT, right? For uh, what is C school? Oh, how do I put that in perspective? So all right, so in Great Lakes. Um, you had, uh, so I had my A school there, right? So that teaches you your job, your general job, general job. So correct. My basic job is a gunner's mate, right? Okay. Or still am. I'm a gunner's mate. Um, and that teaches me how to maintain all the firearms on board ship, the torpedoes, um, the light machine guns, the crew serve weapons, uh, small arms, uh, how to maintain a magazine, how to handle magazine sprinklers. So, what a magazine is in a Navy term is um, a space that holds ammunition. So like, let's say this room right here held, but had just one box of ammo, mm -hmm. the Navy would consider it a magazine. Okay. And then the magazine sprinkler system is basically like your fire extinguisher system. Like you would, if you go to like a, uh, a building anywhere, you look up, see a sprinkler head. And yeah. it essentially has that, except for it's designed to flood a room, no matter how big or how small, even if we had um, like a hanger size of am magazine. That magazine sprinkler system designed to flood that room in one hour. So flood it completely done. So if you out on board ship and you fuck up and you accidentally spark it off, <sighs> like you can stop it, but once it gets wet, the Navy deems that shit like done. Yeah. Because it's with salt water at that. Because you get unlimited water from the sea. It's filled with salt water, salt water, salt water and grass. <laughs> that it doesn't. There's no lie about that. <laughs> so they taught us that at A school, and at C school is pretty much a more um, specialized training. So my specialty was the missile system. So I was a um, BLS technician, vertical launching system technician. So I maintained the missile system, made sure all the missiles were good to go, ready to launch. Okay. So, so one part that, that you kind of came in and talked about this. Is you came right out, you came right out the gate running, and I love it. You was like, it's Army or Navy. My question is, what was the deciding factor other than the fact that you were already at Shawnee Mission West and you did the ROTC thing? What was your decision or calling? Is it, uh, you know, most of us that serve it is kind of a family tradition. So my brothers, my brother served, my mother and father served, my grandfather served. I come from a very military heavy family so and in your case what was that what was that moment that said you know what i really want to go and get kicked in the ding ding for a good while all right so uh i know exactly what you're talking about i can go back a little further right so believe it or not right from that when i was younger i wanted to be in the marines and i'm seeing all these movies like these marines are badass you know i i want to feel that camaraderie I wanted to do that. So when I was, I don't know, I was still living in Topeka at the time, so probably like fifth or sixth grade. Uh, my dad was around at the time. Um, my mom and dad, their relationship was on mm -hmm. Um I told him, I was like, look, I was like, I want to be, I want to be a Marine. And right then and there, he just like blew up at me. He was like, you know, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go off. You're not going to get killed and whatnot. Um, to not make him seem like an asshole, he later on, because I was 17 when I signed he actually signed for me. I so said you had to have your parents sign? And mm -hmm. so he explained to me, he was like, look, man, I'm sorry that blew off on you that one day, but, you know, 
back in the day for him when he was growing up, like the military wasn't a thing. You know, like it was yeah. just it was a lot of people really got hurt. And then at that point in time when he was growing up, there, there was there were a lot of little miniature wars here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe he even took it to like um, that boys in the hood scene. It was like no, there's not a place. What did he say? The black man has no place in the army. But just and caveat to that because I love that people bring that up. Do you understand that Lawrence Fishburne was a CPA in Compton? And the only reason why he was a CPA in Compton was because he served in the military and used his GI Bill to get his education. So everybody does remember that quote, but they do not understand why Trey went to Morehouse. It was because of, of Lawrence Fishburne becoming a CPA via the GI Bill. So everybody has a place. This is our country together, no matter what your color is. But that's always the caveat to that. People bring that up. And it's, I mean, that wasn't my No, no, no. That, but that sticks in a lot of people's minds, especially uh, us folks of color. It sticks in your minds. Like, well, hey. But that's not the truth because it is what you make it. It is your destiny. Exactly. And it is what you make it. So, great quote. But you took your ass to school, Lauren, so shut the hell up. All right? <laughs> no boy dead. Ricky dead. All right? Yeah. And Trey and Morehouse. So shut up. Because everybody. Except for her ass. I look over at her, she's straight face. I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, you see that shit coming. I was like, ah. Oh. I was like, no. No, no, no. None of that shit. Oh, anyway, so uh so yeah, my dad signed me over and then the other calling was that um, my middle, so my middle name is Joseph. I don't really tell that. Um, and I get that from my grandfather who served in the army uh, way back when. Actually, I have an old picture of him, like one of those black and white pictures. Um, he, uh, I was told he died of a sickness. Um, I didn't really pursue any further than that. You know? um, and then after that, after him, it was uh, my uncle who actually served in the Navy he during Vietnam, but he was in the reserves and he served as a dental tech. So he didn't go he didn't go overseas. He stayed in Corpus Christi, so that was pretty good. Um, how he actually got in, his dad was a commander in the Navy, but he was a recruiting commander and came up to him and his brother said, y'all better join this shit or you're going to get drafted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you can lead your own destiny and join and pick and have a little bit of career saying what you do. Or you gonna go either way it goes. Either way it goes, you gonna get on this bus. There's no matter. Was this the uncle that convinced you to do Navy? Uh, no, actually, the oh. uncle that convinced me to do Navy, he actually uh, he used to sell at the time Nestle chocolates. <laughs> so, and, and, he, and this is uh, this is uncle from my, uh, my mom's side. So, he, he had the money, you know. So we always said going to their Fourth of July was cool, man. They had like a giant backyard, a pool in the back, a basketball court in the back. Free Nestle candy in the basement. Oh, yeah, yeah. You good to go. You got Nestle candy. Join, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, actually, the uncle that was in the Navy right now, um, he's uh, he's actually coming out positive on, uh, uh, not positive, but, like, he's on the uphill fighting uh, cancer right now. So oh, that's, that's, that's a good deal. That's a good deal. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I think the business out there, but. Hopes and prayers, man. Yep. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yes, stay positive in that. I, love, I think I know the thing. That affects a lot of us, uh, and we don't talk about it a lot, right. man. But it, it, 
Hope he works right with Orlando. Nice, man. He actually really ended up doing well because he ended up on his own veterinary office. So whenever I get in trouble with my dogs and whatnot, he gives us great advice. But uh, and then I had another uncle on my mom's side who did uh, some time in the Marines. He actually did a full career, did 20, somewhere between 20 and 24 years. Okay. Um, and he was in the Marines uh, during Desert Storm. He didn't go to Iraq, but he was stationed in Afghanistan, so he was part of the logistics part. Okay. Um, well, you definitely, when we get done, when, when this podcast comes out, share with them like they listen i dropped your name told you what's going on you know and, and it's just to say like this is what the new generation and what we do you know before it was like and this ain't we ain't talk about feelings and all that stuff right but it's that camaraderie as you said it's that ability to talk to heckle to give each other a hard time to understand we're all in this together so definitely drop them off when they you know, say, hey, man, listen, here I am spitting shit, sparking bloods. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not sparking bloods, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and then after that, I kind of had a cousin who was in the Army. Uh, I think he only did one contract. He was a medic. It was actually the son um, of my uncle who was in the Marine Corps. So he went to the Army for like four years. He actually served in uh, Korea a little bit. Um, he came back and right... Right now, he started his own business, but for the longest time, he was with the VA, helping out other veterans, yeah. with, like mental stress and all that stuff. Um, and then when he was out, like at the time, you know, going through high school, flipped through like that, you know, um, I felt like it was my turn, man. It was my turn to yeah. step up to the plate and add my name to the board and continue that way. You know, put a, put a, last name's Meyer, so I put, I put my family name on it, you know, it's kind of a more so of an honorable thing. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, there is no lie about that. So you, you made it to to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. What, what, what year did you make it? Get out there. It was actually October 2014. So like I said, okay. I finished up uh, A school around March mm-hmm. of 2014. So I had to go to C school. C school was in San Diego. So okay. I'm just West Coast all day, every day, you know, fucking, you know, cancer sport. Seeing, yeah, leaving, seeing flatland and seeing the ocean. What the hell? Right. Okay. Tupac's my homie, man. Rest in peace. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, the furthest west I went out at that point was Hawaii. And I was like, you know, let's just keep going further. All right. Um, so we're going to, we're, we're going to take a, a quick break right now. Um, but then I want to hear about Hawaii. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm kind of jealous that you went to Hawaii. So <laughs> well, I'm sure you had some fun. <laughs> it depends where you're in Hawaii because real Hawaii is kind of a shithole. I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I'll, th- that's fine. I have no problem with Samoans. Uh, I'll explain to you why. Uh, and I have family in Hawaii. Gotcha. Come on, man. I'm brown, man. You know, I got people everywhere. That's what Listen, we do. Man, you, ain't, you ain't an islander, bro. You're from I'm, the mainland. I'm not, but you do know what I learned? Rice is rice. Okay. Put that in your head, <laughs> and I'll come back at you with that. <laughs> Coming back at you. Class is a veteran. Welcome back, Classes of Veterans. Um, I'm, I'm here in our little, uh, I don't know, what do you call this? So this, this is, our, is, this, is this is a studio, but it really and truly looks like, for those who have been down range or said, this looks kind of like a combat outpost 
Um, it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, military uh, feng shui. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like Clemson came in here and just threw up in it. America, this is this is freedom right here. You are inside of freedom right now as we speak. I love that you put it that way. Exactly. Okay. That's how we roll. All right. Well, we're we've got our guest here. Shh, stop talking. We have a new guest here, Navy veteran Mike Meyer. Um, I asked if if I could call him Eminem, and his response was perfect. He said, "Yeah." I'm, I'm, I'm chocolate and I'm sweet. <laughs> and I loved it. So, <laughs> we got Eminem, I was gonna call, I'm going to call you sex with chocolate. Then, uh, <laughs> sex with chocolate. Uh, chocolate and I'm sweet. You should never yeah, said that. Sex with chocolate. You like it. Sex with chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mike. Um, okay, I have to ask you because I don't I don't know the answer to this. How old are you? How old would you say? Because black don't crack. Um, I would say you're <laughs> like 17. <laughs> Oh, I was close. <laughs> okay, no, I never would have guessed that. Black um, don't cry. <laughs> I love it. So you, um, we just, we, you and I just met a couple weeks ago. Still don't know a whole lot about you. So this whole podcast is going to be all new info to me. Okay. I'm excited about it. I, because most of the time I have a little bit of background. Well, that that's the beauty of what we get to do is sit here and, and it goes to that working with veterans and learning veterans right we we are we do have similarities but there are a lot of there's such a gamut of such a, a rainbow of of colors and creeds you like that we're rainbow seeing your eye uh, <laughs> and what we do <laughs> um and that's even perfect service so you know kind of we come on our man just want to talk to you about what the who, what, where, when, and why. So if you don't mind, uh, kind of give our listeners an introduction, brother. All right. Well, Mike. Why don't you say with your chest? <clears throat> there you go. There you go. <laughs> 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 nah, nah. Yeah. I, honestly, when I first started off, it was a fight between the Army and the Navy. Because if I was going to go to the Army, I want to do something tough. You know, be like an Army Ranger. Uh, you know, found out later on it's a little bit more, a little bit more than that than just signing up for that kind of shit. You know, um, I actually did four years of ROTC in, um, at, in high school, right? So where did you go to high school? Shawnee Mission West. Okay. So that was a that was a Navy program, right? And somebody that I still talk to today, and I consider him like my life coach. Um, he uh, he told me something, and it stuck with me ever since. He's like, you know. You go in the Navy and everybody, you know, they're, they're pretty relaxed, you know, and chill for the most part. You go in the Army and everybody's acting like they got a bug in their butt. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. Every person I met in the Army has been a little, a little winded up, you know, so. Yeah, that's fair. I got that. I don't disagree with you. A bug up their butt. <laughs> but so they say. Something. So, some, something. Something's something. up there. Coming from the Navy guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the more cheesy we tighter. As you were, as you were, as you were. <laughs> Get down the end of the tube, you got to squeeze it all out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that was one thing. And then my uncle came up to me and said, uh, he said, Mike, you know, the Navy, where, where are all their bases at? Like along the coast. And he's like, yeah, man, what about the Army? He's like, well, they're in place like, oh, fuck nowhere. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, you know, you know what's on the coast? Yeah, you know what else is on the beach? <laughs> yeah. 
Sand. <laughs> sand, and you don't take sand to the beach. No. Yes. No. But, uh, yeah, so that was part of it. I was like, you know what? The Navy it is, you know? Gotcha. Um, so I went that route. And uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, boot camp was what, two months? Two months for us. Uh, I guess now they have it to where like, the kids there, they have tablets now, you know? So the, the instructors, the drill instructors, they'll, they'll turn on or off the internet and that would determine whether recruits can speak to people at home or whatnot. When I was in, it's like, really? we had to go to the damn phone booth. So just, just because, uh... You know, and as I said, kind of in the intro, the, the was not. A, I went to basic in 2003, so there's a you know generational technological gap there. What year did you attend basic training? Uh, I went in right after high school, man, 2013. So I I went up to MEPS uh, August 1st of 2012, and my ship date was August 1st of 2013. So I finished out my senior year of high school and had one last summer. Okay. Okay, so then and then, then you said Shawnee Mission West. So you were Jonathan County, born and raised, born and raised Kansas City. Born, born in Topeka, so I was born. At, okay. Born in the hood. The okay. Trench. Well, as my cousin says, the trench. That's the new thing they say. <laughs> um, so Topeka, you know, uh, I'm actually mixed. So my mother's white, my dad's black. Um, I know my daddy. So. Uh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Boy, this is gonna be a good podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I was living with my mom for the most part. So I actually grew up uh, on the better side of Topeka, Johnson County compared to Topeka. You know, Topeka would be more of a compared to Johnson County. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we moved up here in seventh grade, so two thousand seven. Around that time frame was when I moved up here, and. Uh, yeah, after that I went to uh, the Navy. Uh, boot camp was in Chicago. It was cool. Um, I actually ended up uh, for the Army would be like AIT, but for the Navy it's uh, A school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up staying in Chicago again, man. Uh, from uh, end of September, right at the boot camp, we literally went across the street, probably down the down the block. So you got you got RTC Recruit Training Command, and then literally about a mile away you got. Uh, Great Lakes um, School, what the fuck ever. And so um, I was there from uh, end of September to I say about March next year, so March of uh, 2014. And it was cool because we got to pick orders. Um, Us picking orders, we was able to uh, you pick by uh, GPA, right? So I was not on the top of the list. I was probably about. a third, a third from the top. Um, I told myself, you know, I'm going to choose somewhere that I've never been before. I don't want to be nowhere close to home. Like, this is the Navy. Let's get out. Get out and see things. That's what you well, just joined to do. Gotcha. Exactly. Well, um, still a little, you know, at that time, still like kind of a little bit of a homeboy kind of thing. So, you know, kind of wanted to stay too close. Didn't want to go like Bob Ray or some shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's go west. And up there, they had Hawaii. So I took my ass all the way out to Hawaii. No shit. Okay. But let me back up a little bit. So I had to actually had the, uh, there's a moment where I had a little bit of a scary boot camp, right? So when you go, they got they keep you up for like 48 hours straight, right? You get there and go through the night and you're training through the day. Just, just FYI, as you're telling the stories, I, I just want to tell you that sounds really hard. 
what I'm getting to is, is, is the, the moment of truth. You okay, know, okay. Sevs and Odd Chiefs, Single Chiefs, Master Chiefs. And, you know, we've got a room full of people that are sitting there waiting. We're like, what the fuck's about to happen? We're all tired. They're keeping us awake. So they bust in. They're like, all right, uh, we already know what you did. <coughs> and, you know, you need to confess to whatever you didn't do. Well, I, uh, I actually had childhood asthma. And so I told my crew that, I'm like, man, don't worry about it. I'm going to say anything. Like, okay. So, you know, I'm thinking like having asthma is like a huge disqualifier. Mm-hmm. And and uh, sorry to go back a little further. I, when I joined the Navy, I wanted it to be a lifelong career. You know, mm-hmm. uh, actually did the opposite. People are going for four years, stay in for life. People that say, I'm going in for life, end up. Get out in four years. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. So, um, back to the moment of truth, you know, he's all up in there. Like, we already know what you did. And so the last person that came out, like, I held that, I, you know, stood everybody. I was like, I didn't say nothing. Big old black E9 special comes in, right? He's like walking back and forth, and it's like scared straight moment and shit. And so he's like, uh, I already know what you did. You might as well just step forward. And he just looks dead at me. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Like now he's looking in my direction. But I'm feeling like he's staring right into my soul. I was like, all right, you know, I gotta get up and go. So I went up. Told him I had childhood asthma, and then they sent me to the doc, and I was like, "What's the last thing you had?" I was like, "Man, I had it since like last asthma technically was like fifth or fourth grade." And he's like, "And you ran track in high school?" I said, "Yes." Oh, you good? Good, not a big deal. Cool dude. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. Sent me on my way. So going back to um, right after A school, got sent to uh, was going to Hawaii, but before I did that, in transit to Hawaii, uh, I had to go to what we call C school or um, Whatever level I have to army for AIT, right? For uh, what is C school? Oh, how do I put that in perspective? So, all right. So, in Great Lakes, um, you had uh, so I had my A school there, right? So that teaches you your, your job, general job, general job. So correct. My basic job I was a gunner's mate, right? Okay. Or still am. I'm a gunner's mate, um, and that teaches me how to maintain all the firearms on board ship, the torpedoes. Um, the light machine of the crew serve weapons, uh, small arms, uh, how to maintain a magazine, how to handle magazine sprinklers. So what a magazine is in the Navy term is um, a space that holds ammunition. So like, let's say this room right here held, but had just one box of ammo, mm-hmm. the Navy would consider it a magazine. Okay. And then the magazine sprinkler system is basically like your fire extinguisher system, like you would if you go to like a, uh, a building anywhere, you look up, see a sprinkler head. Yeah. It essentially has that, except for it's designed to flood a room, no matter how big or how small, even if we had um, like a hanger size of and magazine. That magazine sprinkler system is designed to flood that room in one hour. So flood it completely done. So if you out on board ship and you fuck up and you accidentally spark it off, <sighs> like you can stop it, but once it gets wet, the Navy deems that shit like done. Yeah. Because it's with salt water at that. Because you get unlimited water from the sea. It's filled with salt water, salt water, salt water and brass. Does not <laughs> that it doesn't. There's no lie about that. <laughs> so they taught us that at A school. And at C school is pretty much a more um, specialized training. So my specialty was the missile system. So I was a um, 
BLS technician, vertical launching system technician. So I maintain the missile system, make sure all the missiles are ready to go, ready to launch. Okay. So. So one part that, that you kind of came in and talked about this is you came right out, you came right out the gate running, and I love it. You like it's Army or Navy. My question is, what was the deciding factor other than the fact that you were already at Shawnee Mission West and you did the ROTC thing? What was your decision or calling? Is it, uh, you know, most of us that serve, it is kind of a family tradition. So my brothers, my brother served, my mother and father served, my grandfather served. I come from a very military heavy family. So, and in your case, what was that? What was that moment that said, you know what? I really want to go and get kicked in the ding ding for a good while. All right, so um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can go back a little further, right? So believe it or not, right off the bat, when I was younger, I wanted to be in the Marines. And I'm seeing all these movies, like these Marines are badass, you know. I, I want to feel that camaraderie. I wanted to do that. So when I was, I don't know, I was still living in Topeka at the time, so probably like fifth or sixth grade. Uh, my dad was around at the time. Um, my mom and dad, their relationship's off and on. I told him, I was like, look, I was like, I want to be, I want to be a Marine. And right then and there, he just like blew up at me, man. He was like, you know, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go off. You're not going to get killed and whatnot. Um, to not make him seem like an asshole, he, later on, because I was 17 when I signed. He actually signed for me. So you had to have your parents sign? And mm-hmm. so he explained to me, he's like, look, man, besides that blew off on you that one day, but, you know, back in the day for him, when he was growing up, like, the military wasn't a thing. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of people really got hurt and then at that point in time when he was growing up there, there was there were a lot of little miniature wars here and there you know and maybe he took it to like uh, that boys in the hood scene it was like no, there's not a place what he said the black man has no place in the army but just and caveat to that because I love that people bring that up do you understand that Lawrence Fishburne was a CPA in Compton and the only reason why he was a CPA in Compton was because he served in the military and used his GI Bill to get his education so everybody does remember that quote, but they do not understand why Trave went to Morehouse it was because of of Lawrence Fishburg becoming a CPA via the GI Bill. So everybody has a place. This is our country together, no matter what your color is. But that's always the caveat. To that. People bring that up, and it's I mean, that wasn't my no, no, no. That but that sticks in a lot of people's minds, especially uh, us folks of color. Sticks in your minds, like well, that. That's not the truth because it is what you make it. It is your destiny. It is what you make it. So, great quote. But you took your ass to school, Lawrence. So shut the hell up. All right. <laughs> no boy dead. Ricky dead. All right. Yeah. And Trey and Morehouse. So shut up. Because everybody. Except for her ass. I look over at her. She's straight. I'm like, what's wrong with you? She's like, you see that shit coming. I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, no. No, no, no. None of that shit. Oh, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, my dad signed me over. And then the other calling was that um, my middle name, so my middle name is Joseph. I don't really tell that. Um, and I get that from my grandfather who served in the army. Um, way back when. Actually, I have an old picture of him, like one of those black and white pictures. Um, he, I, I was told he died of a sickness. Um, I didn't really pursue any further than that. You know? um, and then after that, after him, it was uh, my uncle 
who actually served in the Navy, he, during Vietnam, but he was in the reserves and he served as a dental tech, so he didn't go, he didn't go overseas, he stayed in Corpus Christi, so that was pretty good. Um, how he actually got in, his dad was a commander in the Navy, but he was a recruiting commander and came up to him and his brother said, y'all better join this shit or you're going to get drafted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you can lead your own destiny and join and pick and have a little bit of career saying what you do. Or you gonna go either way it goes. Either way it goes, you gonna get on this bus. That's no matter. Was this the uncle that convinced you to do Navy? Uh, no, actually, no. the uncle that convinced me to do Navy, he actually uh, he used to sell at the time Nestle chocolates. <laughs> so, and, and, he, and this is uh, this is uncle from my, uh, my mom's side. So, money you know so we always said, going to their 4th of july was cool man they had like a giant backyard a pool in the back a basketball court in the back free nestle candy in the basement oh you know? yeah yeah you good to go you got nestle candy the joint, the joint right um but uh yeah so um actually the uncle that was in the navy right now um he's uh he's actually coming out positive on uh uh not positive but like he's on the uphill fighting uh cancer right now so oh, that's, that's, that's a good deal it's a good deal yeah um and then like i didn't put this aside there but you know hopes and prayers yep. yes indeed Absolutely. yes indeed yeah stay positive in that i think i know i think that affects a lot of us uh and we don't talk about it a lot right. but it, it, Hope he works well with us, brother. Thanks, man. He actually really ended up doing well because he ended up on his own veterinary office. So whenever I get in trouble with my dogs and whatnot, he gives us great advice. But uh, and then I had another uncle on my mom's side who did uh, did some time in the Marines. He actually did a full career, did twenty somewhere between twenty and twenty-four years. Okay. Um, and he was in the Marines. Uh, Desert Storm. He didn't go to Iraq, but he was stationed in Afghanistan, so he was part of the logistics part of it. Okay. Um, but you definitely, when we get done, when this podcast comes out, share with them. Like, they listen, I dropped your name, told you what's going on, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just to say, like, this is what the new generation and what we do. You know, before it was like, and this ain't, we ain't talk about feelings and all that stuff, right? But it's that camaraderie, as you said. It's that ability to talk, to heckle, to give each other a hard time, to understand we're all in this together. Right. So definitely drop them off when they don't say, hey, man, listen, here I am spitting shit, sparking bloods. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not sparking bloods, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and then after that, I kind of had a cousin who was in the Army. Uh, I think he only did one contract. He was a medic. He was actually the son um, of my uncle who was in the Marine Corps. So he went to the Army for like four years. He actually served in uh, Korea a little bit. Um, he came back and right right now he started his own business but for the longest time he was with the VA helping out other veterans oh, yeah. like mental stress all that stuff um, and then when he was out like at the time you know going through high school flipping through like that you know um, I felt like it was my turn man. it was my turn to yeah. step up to the plate and add my name to the board and continue that way you know, put, a, put a last name's Meyer so I put put my family name on it, you know, it's kind of a, more so of an honorable thing. Yes, indeed, yeah. Yeah, there is no lie about that. So you, you made it to, to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. what, what, what year did you make it? Get out there. It was actually October 2014. So like I said, okay. I finished up uh, a school around 
March mm-hmm. of 2014, so I had to go to C school. C school is in San Diego. So okay. I'm just West Coast all day, every day, even though I'm fucking, you know, cancer. Seeing, <laughs> you know? yeah, leaving, seeing flatland and seeing the ocean. What the hell? Right. Okay. Man. Tupac's my homie, man. Rest in peace. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, the furthest west I went out at that point was Hawaii. I was like, you know, let's just keep going further. All right. Um, so we're gonna we're we're gonna take a, a quick break right now. Um, but then I want to hear about Hawaii. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm kind of jealous that you went to Hawaii. So. <laughs> well, sure you had some fun. <laughs> it depends where you're in Hawaii because real Hawaii is kind of a shithole. I. I'll, I'll, I'll explain I'll, th- that's fine I have no problem with Samoans uh, I'll explain to you why uh, and I have family in Hawaii gotcha. come on man I'm brown man you know I got people everywhere that's what Listen, we do man, you, ain't, you ain't an islander bro you're from I, the mainland I'm not but you do know what I learned rice is rice okay. put that in your head and I'll come back at you with that <laughs> come back at you class is a veteran Back at you, classes of veteran. One thing that was kind of hit me during the break, and, and Jay had said it here about different services and how we go together. The, you know, the the end state of this podcast is for our listeners, veteran and or non-veteran, to understand a couple of things. First thing is this: being a veteran is a great honor. It has been one of the best privileges of my life to be a soldier and serve my country um, in combat and in garrison and now come back and home serve my community but we are all different there are differences between us just as every american is different and uh that's really the the, the beautiful part we get to sit here and talk about the different services and how we are and what affects everybody differently and really the next part is to, is to get an inclusive view of what has individuals to serve uh, and those of you that know my story, you know, I was actually headed down a very bad path. Military allowed me to change my life. So I learned today a lot about the Navy. And I want to continue on with, uh, so, so what's your current rank now? Uh, so I actually, I made board for E7, so I'm E6 right now. I'm a GM1, Gunners made first class petty officer. Uh, I have made board for chief petty officer, so I have to submit a package, and then hopefully I'll be selected to be E7 and be a chief in the Navy. So, you know, for our listeners and that's awesome for our listeners and for you as well, Jay. And in the Navy, that is fast tracking. Uh, in the combat arms in the army, that's about unless you're a shit bag, that's about par for course. The Navy has a test you have to take. Their progression standards are, and as much as I hate to knock on my, my force, we are about uh, quantity, not necessarily always quality. So their retention, so Marines have great retention standards. The Navy actually has a really great progression and succession. I actually love the way that's done. So congratulations. What's that? So you could tell when a ship has really good retention uh, retention ratings by the anchor so every ship every ship has has the, the forward anchors right you got two of them you got one on port and i think one on starboard or no right at the bow the color of the anchor determines the success of retention so if the anchors are gold that ship has a very high retention rating if it's silver or haze gray it doesn't of course just 
This is a standard. Yeah. No ship. Yep. So that's time to see a ship and if the anchors are gold, they have a higher retention rate. If it's just haze gray, the same color as the skin of the ship. Just you average. average. Just average. That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, you know, it meets and or achieves standards, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, you know, kind of where we're at, we were talking about your last uh last rotation deployment um really you know what i'd like to, to for you to kind of uh elaborate on is your choice to make that decision from active duty to the reserves uh and then you know kind of where you're at now so to help clarify you, so you, you say rotation. I know the Army's probably a little different. So for the Navy, once your contract comes to an end or it gets close to that, and if you decide to re-up or re-enlist, that's when you rotate to a different command. So um, like if I would have re-enlisted, I would have went to a different command in my four years. Well, your first, your first uh, re-enlistment is a little different, but I won't go into that unless you want to have a different podcast. Well, well I, I, only, I only say rotation, and that's just because we call them deployments, and oh. in the Army, you get shifted every three years no matter what. Gotcha. Like, you really don't want, like, stability is not necessarily our strong point. We are the, are the larger force. We are the sustainment force. Right. Uh, but we do, we get deployments. Right. Um, so second deployment was with the Carrier Strike Group. Um uh strike groups are a little weird they kind of break off into their own thing so um we we actually had a coast guard attached to us now what, what is for some people that don't know what does that mean so the coast guard can ride with the navy because the coast guard doesn't necessarily have uh deep deep sea going vessels right um they do they have few but they don't have enough as the navy do right so they hop on board and what does that allow us to do? That allows us to board different ships. So Coast Guard is an international law enforcement agency. So if we have Coast Guard on board, we can go to different ships and we can board them without without needing a reason. Or actually, you might actually need a reason. I'm not 100 clear on that. So if we don't have Coast Guard, then we can't board unless unless we see like people are injured or like there's a right. legit threat. humanitarian reasons. Humanitarian yeah, reasons yeah, you're not good. You're not good. International waters. Yeah. Right? A lot of so with that there's a lot of piracy out there with piracy there's also a lot of legal fishing so what we did on the second is a major massive you know enforcement so they utilize us we find these tuna fishing um joints and we board them and we check their license and make sure everything's good i wasn't part of the v, uh, vbss team that was really motivated to do so but the way my chain of command kind of worked they had a different vision for me and i think uh and i think that will lead into one reason why I didn't really stay in is because I had, I wanted to be, I was motivated. I want to be part of BBSS, which is uh, visit board search and seizure. Those are the guys that hop in the dinghy sh- uh, boat, dinghy boat. There's a, a boat. boat on board the ship. I told you there was a boat. I told you there was a boat. Gonna come out. There's a boat. I know there's a boat. And so they, they hop on that and then they go board the other boat or ship. Mm-hmm. And so I, a couple of my buddies were on there. So I talked to them like how I went over there. And it's actually, Every little ship is unique. Like there's a bunch of uh, um, little fishing vessels, and there's actually one that's kind of that stood out the most is, is how how they operate. So one one little boat had a little stream of water going through the middle of it, and that's how they piss and shit. They piss and shit into this little stream that goes right back into the ocean. Um, 
And so and the reason why they do that is because these little small ships, they're not necessarily set for like being out there for months, but they, uh-huh. they work it out. So what they'll do is like, uh, I, I like to call them little fishing armadas, and there's a bunch of people that probably say that too, but a group of these fishing boats will get together and they'll find a main ship that they could come dump all the fish that they collected and then go back to where that ship okay. goes in the port, sells the ship, comes back and gets more. Okay. Just go back and forth like that. And these little ships are staying out there for like months on end. Um, that we did, we did a lot of fishing regulation down there in Fiji. And then we went to um, another tiny island. I can't remember. Starts with a T. Um, and then we went to Tyboy Island. Not so much. Solomon Islands. <laughs> you say you say the island starts with a T. I was trying to help you out, man. Come on. No, well, uh, we went to we went to Guadalcanal actually. That was really that was really nice. I've actually heard that's been that that's really nice. It the where where they dumped us at, you know, where we visited, uh, it was it was okay, you know. But just being there, there was actually a, like an antique uh, anti air gun that was there. That was actually kind of cool, just like out in the middle of the busy street. Which and this also brings into like another reason why it kind of changed me because I saw the police station and there's so much traffic and like it's hard for the police station to get you know get get resources out get the help out to whoever's out there you know yeah. it's just out and it tucked away and wherever but um, another thing about Guadalcanal is it sent me back in time because you know Guadalcanal was one of the, the Solomon Islands in general was like hard for the marines to kind of take, take japan correct take yep and just being there and experiencing the weather it was always raining it was like humid as fuck and it was it's just miserable there and just to imagine being in fatigues with a tommy gun or m1 garand it has to be shitty and like tall grass you can't see who's, who's there and japan's been there longer than you have it's it's a whole new battleground but that was pretty cool um at the water canal we went up to uh uh kuala lumpur um, and we hung out there for a little bit. So in transit between Guadalcanal and Kuala Lumpur, I actually, uh, they set me to be in charge of a uh, burial at sea. And so um, we actually did it in honor of, uh, I think it was in honor of the USS Indianapolis. Um, so the Indianapolis, uh, back in World War II, is a ship. Um, and this is the core reason why uh, Uncle Sam does not put brothers, like uh, relatives, together in the same command. So, USS Indianapolis was a ship. Uh, it was like a, I think it was a cruiser okay. um, that went down uh, during World War II, and there were only a handful of survivors. So everybody died, but not everybody died. The ship went down, but everybody survived for the most part. But sharks kept picking them off, and if Japanese Japanese zeros came through, killed them off. Like it, it. it shrunk basically like 350 man crew mm-hmm. to probably like 75 okay with the sharks and the zeros kind of like that kind of like those aren't the exact numbers but to that um drum drum that's the word um but the story to that is that the three sullivan brothers were on board that ship and so all three of them died to where the mother got three separate letters about how all three of her kids died Hold on now. Sully saved everybody on the Hudson. Look, man. If you want to go in there, like I'm feeling you. I got that. But are you sure? Because man, like there's a lot of Sullivan. And Sully, 
he saved. He's a hero. Tom Hanks made the movie. I seen it. I'm saying I seen it. So like, I'm not saying. <laughs> okay, so hold on. You did the burial at sea. Yes. yes. So yes. Um, the reason why they chose me is because, like I said, my ship was like was new and it was crescent, right? So mm -hmm. sailors that are attached to a new ship that's been recently crescent, they're called plank owners. And you know that kind of goes back dates. That term dates back to you know the sail days. You know wooden mm -hmm. ships and sails. So be a plank owner. So majority of the plank owners left. And when I was there with the plank owners on my first deployment, we did a legitimate burial at sea. Not saying when I, I this one was legitimate, but the first burial at sea I did was they actually some people sent in ashes of uh, of their loved ones that have served, and we pour it into the ocean. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so then we did the um, 21 gun salute. Um, and so I was part of that since I was the only one that was part of that group. I must have known exactly how to do it. So they put me in charge of the next one. And so, you know, I selected three random people and um, we went about it that way. Yeah. And uh, we tossed the reef into the ocean and, and memory of those who have fallen before us and this is wow. quite the deal um so after that we went to Cobra Kinder Blue um did our thing thing and then we we're supposed to meet up with the strike group the rest of the strike group in uh, Singapore so while we're down in Fiji the carrier and a couple of other ships go up north and they went to north, uh, South Korea and they pulled them aboard and they did whatever right um and so I had a buddy that was uh, on on Wayne e. Meyer and uh you know i was messing with them on facebook and it turns out um that some of them came back like drunk as fuck right <laughs> and so that pissed off the admiral so what can happen in these carrier strike groups is that the admiral's in charge of the entire strike group right mm -hmm. if the admiral says fuck it there's no more drinking for the rest of the deployment that goes for each and every ship part of that strike group not just the carrier that he's attached to oh each and every ship even if i'm uh like on the southern hemisphere these motherfuckers on the northern hemisphere i get fucked <laughs> so, and as, <laughs> I mean, that's the way it goes, though. Yeah, but here's the thing, and, and this goes back to my first deployment you don't tell sailors that the next port you visit is going to be a dry port because that ends up being a fucking mishap. Fucking morale killer. No, not necessarily. Really? Yes. So, here's what happened. Oh, because they get drunk at the dip of the. Yes, I, I got you. Instead of saying, hey, the next port is a dry port. No, because they're like, they I'm, 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 I'm going to go to turn this port up. I'm going to turn this port up. So, okay, yeah, I got they you. I got you. Wait, but they didn't wait. They didn't wait. They told us as we're pulling into the last wet port to say that shit. So what happens? Everybody got shit-faced. And then, here's the right. story. One of the guys got so shit-faced drunk that they that he defaced, the, or they, there's two of them, that they kind of like uh, vandalized inside a taxi cab or a police car in uh, Korea. Yeah, it was this tiny ass town, Mako. That was like, oh, we wanted uh, U.S. destroyed. Everybody, everybody knows there, buddy. It's a very tight knit area. Kind of, kind yeah, of. yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, completely westernized. Like they spoke a lot of Korean there. You know, it wasn't a lot of English. As the further north you go, the more English you're going to hear and speak. Um, down there, like they really wanted us to come to where they made a banner for us, but they fucked up the name. They put USS. It was a USS Michael Murph. They forgot the fucking why. It was like, all right, you know, you tried. You we'll, tried. We'll, we'll accept it. You know, we'll accept it. Thank you for that. <laughs> right. So, um, going back, you, you just don't tell sailors that you can't drink at the next port because then it just turns into some shit, shit show. So we ended up leaving those two guys behind, 
uh, and we I saw them a month later, and they lost like two pay grades of range. And it, you know, uh, one thing that's nice, and I don't know if you know about this, but uh, it's called a SOFA agreement. Uh, a yes. what agreement? Status of Forces Agreement. SOFA. Okay. SOFA. So basically, um, you being like, so those guys, right? Uh, they got in trouble in, the, in another port. So every country has different, different sofas. systems, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So having a SOFA agreement with that country entitles you to the same legal system that you would have here in the United States over there. So they had everything was translated in English, and they were able to read everything before they signed anything. And, you know, they had it like basically everything was in terms that they can understand. So another example to like show the counter side of that is. At some point in time, not necessarily recently, but before, and this isn't military related, but there was this lady um, or this dude, there's this girl, she was in Italy or something like that, and she did something so simple to where somebody thought she broke in or whatever the case may be, to where she had to be locked up abroad and like they didn't translate anything to her in English, everything was in Italian, and she didn't really understand it completely, and it just completely fucked her. Yeah. So having a self agreement prevents that. Okay. Okay. So, um, but pushing on. So, and, and it, it's it's for the protection of of our service members. Right. Right. Yeah. 100%. It, yeah. It's, so that way you're not just like here. Uh, so actually, I'm not just like you. Just like here, double jeopardy, right? Like you you can't get charged right, for this. Right. Yeah, and that's basically what it is. Is just protection okay. internet worldwide and internationally right. about that. Okay. So for agreement, you're cool. No self agreement, you won't be trusted. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, uh, after uh, Kuala Lumpur, we was on our way to Australia, right? Like, man, this is what I was going to find. Uh, I shouldn't say that. My girlfriend is, but she already know. You know, I was going to go there. I was going to find me, you know, a sweet thing. <laughs> and everything, but, uh, well, you said the F word, then you stopped, and you said, my girlfriend. I said, oh, Lord, he about to get, he about to get X-rated. <laughs> Lord, he about to get X-rated. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that didn't happen, which is good because, you know, I'm happy with her, man. That's so, good. That's good. You know, everything happens for a reason. Everything you know, happens I, for a reason. I love her to death. And so uh, we ended up uh, going up north because Kim Jong-un was messing around. So if anybody remembers 2017, this Navy armada that stormed into North Korea that went missing or wondering where the fuck it's at because I was part of that armada. Okay. So it turned out to be a whole thing because, so the Navy's not big on taking pictures and posting them on the internet. Like they don't want us to do that because you know, uh, op- op- operation security. Yeah. yeah. But they turn around and do it them fucking selves. <laughs> they hop on a hail helicopter, take a picture of the strike group, geotag the shit, and then post it on a Navy website. And it's like, well, y'all just said you was going to North Korea, but you're headed the opposite direction. And then just turned to this whole fucking media thing. Yeah. You wasn't one of them Navy guys that got captured and, and they put on the boat, was you? Over in Iran? No. Oh, okay. Those guys were out of regs, too. They were wearing white socks, by the way. I, I know that. I was just making sure. You might you might be the white. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of those guys were white. I'm, I'm Mexican. You know? But you could you could wear white socks. It's okay. You don't have to wear just one color sock. Oh, okay. anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, man, like, damn, I, I've been wearing the wrong color socks my whole life then because they ain't ever gave me no brown socks. <laughs> them just dirty socks. <laughs> Uh, so then we went up there, and uh, that's when our deployment got extended. We were supposed to have a four month deployment, it turned out to be like a five, six month deployment. And I, we was actually, uh, I just wanted to say because I've been speaking to Marines and, and, and you guys, man, five or six months, god, that is 
it's hard. It's hard, bro. I, I, I mean, imagine I, how the Coast Guards feel the week they're playing. Man, man. Like six months on a boat. Shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 yeah. <laughs> Try, try, try 19 to 24 months in just, just not a fun place. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. I respect that shit. But no, but you know, though, each, to be honest, and I'll joke aside, each service has their own trials that they go through. Because I'll be 100% honest with you. Uh, you know, it's, it's the joke, what's long, hard, and full of semen, right? Submarine. Oh. <laughs> He's it. <laughs> so, so. But but and and, and how, what's and you probably know this. What's the max capacity of a submarine? Just I guess depending on its class. But there's a lot of mother lovers in there, right? Look, man, single men go down, couples come up. That wasn't the point of the story. I was trying to talk about how living in close that quarters. That would be a long time on the little little area. Yeah, I, toured, I actually toured a boomer. One of them pulled into Hawaii. It wasn't a legitimate boomer. So a boomer is a as a submarine that's designed to hold nuclear missiles. And those guys don't really see port a lot. They go and sit off the coast of a country, wait for that country to fuck up and send some missiles this way. And they, they, they probably don't see a lot of day either. No, nuclear <laughs> missiles at that. So those guys, so the Navy decommissioned a couple of them and made them tomahawk to where they could carry tomahawks. So those guys see daylight a little bit more. So I toured one of them. One of them pulled up next to us. I walked over and was like, hey, man, can I get a tour? And let me, let me. Each ship is like its own tribe, you know, like right, we're all right. fucking we're right. all on a tribe. So somebody coming from a different ship is like, yo man, fuck you doing over here? We're part of the same team. Like, <laughs> I don't know who you are, we doing here. Right, fuck you and so then uh he comes over or I go over there, I'm like, Hey man, uh can I get a tour of your uh can I get a tour of your boat? And a submarine is called a boat because it floats. Ship. A submarine is called a boat too? No, submarine is a boat because it floats. A ship is a ship because it displaces water. So like, a so tour, it's a big boat. Okay. So I took a tour, right? And so, 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 so there's a lot of boat. There's a lot of boats going on here. Right. It sounds like to me. So, oh, okay. So I go in there and like you know, uh, people are sleeping right next to like where the nuclear missiles used to be, like literally from here to right where I'm standing, where you're standing or sitting. Uh, but anyway, um, after that, you know, went home, transitioned out. Uh, one of the things I told myself I transitioned out that I'm going uh, um, to get a job that pays better and I'm going to give back to my community. That kind of not happened immediately as I wanted. Uh, so, so, you, so, so, so here's, here's kind of where, you know, we talk about that transition piece. A lot of us have, you know, I had a rough transition. Um, a lot of veterans have rough transitions. You know, it sounds like you're definitely, you know, kind of trying to break that cycle. And we love that. The question is, is there is, you know, the organization, several organizations that bring individuals together. Um, we happen to know each other through one of those organizations. My question is, is, you know, what brought you to the organization that you're currently with? Uh, what the fuck do you do every day? Uh, See how I put that little emphasis like, yeah, what you do every day? <laughs> that you save from your chest. Right. That save from your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that save from your chest, though. Save from the chest. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I help my brothers and sisters out because it's one of the things, man, like we, we sacrifice so much. Nobody deserves to be on the streets. You, you put in that much time and 
You 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 put in you chance the fact that you may not come home ever. You don't deserve it to be on the streets or in, in a misplaced situation. Like that's what happened in Vietnam. Uh-huh. People got mistreated. That shit shouldn't happen, in my opinion. You know, nobody deserves to be shitted on right. when you went to go give your life so somebody who's Correct. underneath a nice house and everything else like that. But yeah. One little tidbit I put that really helped me out. If you like, if any of our listeners are like still active duty and you're thinking about getting out, I would suggest, I would suggest at least two years in the active reserves. It may suck, maybe like man, fuck that, but honestly, it actually it actually eased the transition because you could still have that camaraderie like once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but you're still being eased into that civilian life because my, honestly, my rough patch coming out was that whole civilian side, like. I had fights with family, I had fights with friends, mm-hmm. and it's because I didn't have a filter and nobody understood who I was. I thought there was a problem with me to where, like, there's times when I, I, I know I, I fucking cried at night, man. Like what, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? There's times, like, I thought about eating a bullet, but I didn't want to do that to my mom. So so this is something that, that I learned. It took me a while to figure this out. When you're used to being around a bunch of abrupt and abrasive and aggressive and get things done individuals, you then transition over to where the and even even the verbiage here on this podcast. I have the ability to speak very eloquently uh, and, and motivate individuals to talk in that manner. But at the end of the day, the military slide also is who I am. I'm just gonna just like I just said, what the fuck do you do every day, man? And you're not like oh, I'm offended. It's just a part of that. So it's it's that it's that communication barrier that we all face. And you're 100 right, man. It's just like where do I belong? got to find your tribe you know as you said there's you know you got submarine tribes right like they got there's tribes and you're able to gravitate towards the individuals some of us find it some of us never do some of us take time and some of us just take time it took me time uh but you know you you definitely definitely here and uh you're doing the right thing giving back so hats off to you on that definitely happy to hear that you're uh you know making things happen progressing as you are in the navy love that hear that um your your day-to-day now how are you enjoying that i enjoy it every little bit man you know uh i wake up get my things you know for waking up to another day um i'm going to school so i'm trying to better myself going for a construction management degree and being where i'm at now is definitely going to help me with that you know um the construction field building some tiny homes and Good deal. Good deal. It's gonna it's gonna definitely help out a lot, you know. And I hope to continue to help that out, you know. That's always a it's always amazing to hear. Um so, you know, kind of at the end of every coming to the podcast, I always like to give our guests uh, a chance to impart any words of wisdom, knowledge, questions, answers, anything you have, man. The floor is yours. Um kind of did that with the reserve thing, like it may sound horrible, but it would definitely help you transition. Um, have the thing I tell my cousins this all the time: Plan A, B, and C. Plan A don't work, you got B. B don't fucking work, you got C. So my plan A and B, <clears throat> my plan A is, is you know construction management. You know plan B is uh, uh, is uh, law enforcement. You know, and plan C is I can always go back to fucking academy, bro. Corporate job, retail, success, but. Understand. But but you but you have a plan. That's the that's the deal. Nonetheless, that's 
the basis of it, even before you even get out, have that plan. 100%, 100%. Jay, <clears throat> Jay, I, uh, you, you, I can see the wheels spinning. So, 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 so go ahead and go ahead and hit it. Go ahead and hit um, it. So I know that the podcast is coming to an end, but um, <laughs> the story won't, because I have, I do, I have a lot of questions. I have like your story and, and I don't know, it just, it grabbed me. It got my attention. Um, and um, I thank you for coming on. I, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to have so many questions. You're going to be like, Jamie, or, shut the fuck up and stop asking me questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's, that's, that's not nice. We may have to. Like, so anyway, uh, I just thank you. And you're actually what you said, your um your suggestion of joining the reserves to make that an easy transition. I've never thought, of course, I never thought of it, but so that's why I, I joined the reserves, except for as he mentioned earlier, everyone in the army has a stick up their ass and they're very angry. Mm-hmm. So when I joined the reserves, I had a huge transition from a from a combat from a combat line soldier to people who had been in the reserves for 10 years and never deployed. And I went there just want to kick all their teeth in. So it's different per each service, but it is a good plan. Nonetheless, it's the same I mean, plan I took. It's a thought, though. Like, no, it, correct. It, it is. It makes it sense. I, I love it. So uh, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you coming on. And I love that you keep up with his shit. Well, and you give it right back really to him. Smart, so it's really not that That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really don't have much of a like or what like, what he was saying. <laughs> Like, I, I I told you what my job was, right? You did, but it didn't really sound interesting. So, so do you understand? Do you understand what I did? <laughs> yes, you're coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I found <laughs> IDs with, with my faces. So, <laughs> see, a couple <laughs> things <laughs> happened at the very end. Very end of the job, man. What's that movie, man? That had, uh, don't say her. Don't don't say her locker. Yeah, man. I, that is the worst movie ever because it's not even about engineers. It's about EOD, and it's one of the. It's a horrible. Movie. The worst. The worst Navy movie ever is Battleship. Rihanna had five fucking different Navy jobs, bro. The worst Navy battle. Battleship. What about Navy SEALs with 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 Charlie Sheen? That was pretty freaking phenomenal. I haven't seen that. I've seen the one with uh, Bruce Willis. Was it the Rising Sun? No, not the Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Oh, t- Tears of the Sun. Tears of the Sun. Tears of the Sun. Yeah. No, wasn't close. Um, I mean, that was like jungle shit. I don't really know. SEALs do their own thing. I mean, it's Bruce Willis. It's Bruce Willis, bro. Yeah, Bruce like, Willis also went to fucking space. So, and Bruce Willis actually here's a funny story. Bruce Willis came to our redeployment ball in 2005. Uh, our and and you could look the our battalion commander is now a major general Eric Carrillo, who's in charge of the 82nd Airborne Corps. Uh, kind of an American legend. He that there will there will be stories and things written about it. He got shot in Iraq. Your battalion commander doesn't not supposed to get shot. But he doesn't listen. He's kicking indoors. It's like, sir, you can't kick indoors. He's like, shut up, Peck. Uh, yeah, yeah. And our and and uh, his his battle buddy, Sergeant Major, uh, pummeled an insurgent with his K-pot. Uh, I'll just show you that picture. Well, I, they call him K-pot then. No, we actually had the ACA. He he beat him with his helmet. All right, took his helmet off and he beat the insurgent <laughs> with his helmet. That's the point of the story. I was trying to make a PC. So basically, saving Private Ryan. Pretty close. It's pretty badass. Uh, you know, like, oh, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in uh, every day, all day. We really appreciate your support. 
like I said, coming up here on Classes of Veterans, we're getting ready to change up the format a little bit. Uh, once monthly panels about um, conversations, discussions. If you have something that you would like to hear from us uh, about veteran life, what makes a combat veteran, women in the military, uh, the new actual, the Navy actually just put out a standard about the LBGTQ plus community and how transgenders will, the same standard will be enforced. There's a standard, no one's above it, no one's below it. Conversations like that, that, that are working with our military, uh, please, please, you know, ask, inbox me on Facebook, throw a comment on the page, interact, email me, uh, vmorales at mentoringtheforce.org. And as always, you know, we, we this is only done by the graciousness of all of our listeners. 99 cents a month can go a long way. So if you get the chance, hop on the webpage, go to mentoringtheforce.org make a one-time donation. Uh, also hop on our Facebook page and there's a direct link to Anchor, our, our, our main supporter. And uh, we'll make this happen here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being an American worth serving for. <laughs>